Well, our moms think we're funny. Okay. So this one is, um, my, this one's different. Okay. Bill Gates. Hmm. Okay. So this is, this question is not just for Bill Gates, but I think that it's, um, I think, I think it's, uh, it's heavier, um, for, because for him. Right. I mean, front and center, front and center. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, guys. Um, uh, so, I, I'm, yeah, so we, uh, we recorded, you know, during our, our recording session, we recorded a, uh, a podcast about Josh Sweeten and, um, and I mentioned the, you know, the, the, the young lady in Avengers Age of Ultron, <laughs> who's, you know, running around being all cute and with her dress and like her tits and like, Prominent display. Amazing. Full war display. Right. And so here we are in this thing. And every time you see her, like, that is the main focus. That That's the thing that draws your eye is, like, it's right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, like, and you said you never really noticed or, or remember her. And, like, here we are watching it. Like, every time you saw her, you're, you're like, mm-hmm. yep, there, there it is. Like, you, it's, it's unmistakable. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, so, uh, so Bill Gates. So what I want to know is, what is it like to look at your ba- that bank account and know that nothing is off the table? Mm, so yeah. for you and I, we have moments where it's like, you know what? Maybe I want to run up to like uh, to Taco Bell, right? Right. And and before I do that, though, let me check my bank account to see if like these things right here have posted and cleared. Hmm. I mean, you've done that, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But Bill Gates doesn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. I bet you he's never done that. Even when he when he's like, you know what? Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna like buy the Rolling Stones catalog and everything. And then you're like, oh shit! I just remembered I want to get that that brand new uh, like Maybach. He didn't check to see like has the Rolling Stones check cleared yet before I go <laughs> buy this thing. Like no, no. He was like, I'm gonna buy both of them. He's like, well, if, what if you don't have enough? Bitch, I have enough money. <laughs> don't, don't insult me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm like, I'm like, it's what, what is it like that, you know, and cause I know every, most people have had that moment in there where, you know, like, oh, I've got to go buy some groceries. Mm-hmm. Like, and, but I also just paid the mortgage. So has that cleared yet? You know, how much money do I have to, uh, you know, to I, how much money can I spend on buying groceries today? So, am I gonna have to leave this like those uh, that sick pack of uh, like Perrier on the shelf, or can I get can I splurge a little bit today? Right, you know right. that that kind of thing. Um, and then you know, sometimes you you write those checks um, to people where you actually actually write a check, um, but then they don't end up posting it for like a month or two, right. and it always hits right when you as soon as you forget that you ever wrote that check. At the that's when it goes seven. through. <laughs> and you're like, motherfucker, why'd you give when I gave it to you? Um, but so, but what's it like though to do those kind of things? Mm-hmm. And, and you and I are talking small scale stuff. Yeah. To not only do that, but do bigger scale stuff. To, to know that you can just go out and buy like six new cars tomorrow and you won't even notice that that money's gone. Right. And, and <laughs> I don't even check my account to see if it's if it clears or not mm-hmm. like what's that like to look in there and see all those zeros and like I say and know that there's nothing that you can't get mm-hmm. not to say that I'm going to go running off and playing like Joe Hollywood 
But the thing is that I could if I wanted to. Right. Right. You know, it's like I could spend I could spend twenty five thousand dollars a day for the next five years, and still wouldn't make a dent in my account. Mm-hmm. What is that like? God, yeah. And the thing is, I, I, I don't think I'd be satisfied with the answer. I think I, I would just be, I would be upset and and depressed at mm-hmm. the answer. But yeah, yeah. But but yeah, I want to know. I mean, I want to know like to them, what's it feel like? Because you know, Bill Gates, he he started out small. You know, he you know, kind of humble beginning kind of thing. You know, and and he may have come from like a middle class family. So I don't really know that much about him. But he wasn't born with like. You know, like, I can get everything I want. Right, right. So, when you achieve this kind of success to where you've got that. And again, you know, he's a great humanitarian and stuff. So, but it's just the idea that you can do this and not think twice about it. You don't have to, you don't have to bat an eye. You don't have to wait till tomorrow to make sure. None of that stuff. If I want to do it, I just got to just do it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, and sometimes it's just knowing that I can like knowing that if I wanted to, I could. Yeah, I don't necessarily yeah. have to go buy it or do this, but if I wanted to, I could. Right. Yeah. It's it's just having that freedom. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's kind of like that chapter in Tom Sawyer where Tom like makes a vow that he'll never <laughs> smoke or drink or cuss, and then that's all he can think about doing. Mm. And so he like finds the paper where he made the vow and he tears it up so he can go back to doing it. And then like, as soon as he did that, he was like, Oh, I don't want to now. Right. It's like, now, now that I'm free to, there's no appeal to it. Hmm. Yeah. And so that's, I, I would be really curious about that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. And, um, it's, I, I don't know. It's just, I mean, it, it, some people might be like, well, man, tell me about like, you know, windows and this and that. I'm like, yeah, no, no. I just want to know, like, when you've got that much money, that when you've got that much money. Um, and I, another part of that is not to say that Bill Gates is, is an ugly guy, but he's a nerd. Right. I mean, right. He, he looks like a nerd. I could beat him up and take his lunch money. Yeah. I mean, you know, push his friend's wheelchair over, you know. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you Stephen Hawking fuck you <laughs> please help me out uh, Bill, don't chase him come back and help me out so so I'm so but then you know he's got his wife Melinda and she seems like a great humanitarian too and they, they seem like they really love each other and stuff but again it's not like she was like hey um, you know he looks like a really nice guy and I heard nice things about him let me go and talk to him. I was like, no, hey, this guy's loaded. So yeah, that 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 Floby haircut doesn't look so bad on him now. You know, it's like, you know, and then those glasses, they're 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 okay. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, you you overlook certain things or you open certain doors, but like, yeah, I'm gonna go and and give this person, you know, the time of day that I wouldn't have before. Mm-hmm. Um so and knowing not not calling her a gold digger, right? So right, I'm not right. saying that that you know she, what she the stuff that she did was because she was like, "Ooh, I can get in with me some Bill Gates," right? You know, but I mean, she is, may not be a gold digger, but I'm just saying she ain't messing with no broke broke. No, that's so. that's true. And she ain't, ain't no broke ninjas around her. You know? <laughs> um, so, but the, know that that it's your money and your status that even allow. You to be in a in a position to even meet her, mm-hmm. 
that came from that came from like so you're being in you know having that money having that status being who you are and um and then the uh you know that that's that's what the even even allowed her when you went up to say hi to her for her to not ignore you and for her to say hi back right right and it's not because she's a bad person but it's like if you had just been some nerdy guy, but like, you know, I'm Professor Frank, and you walked through her, and she would have been like, oh, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, how does that make you feel, too? Like, how, what did you, did you have this conversation with yourself? And like, how did you reconcile that? How did you accept that? And be like, yeah, but, you know, but we did, you can, cause to me, you can't just say, but, but yeah, but, but we did. Mm-hmm. We did meet, we did, you know, like fall in love or she did, you know, get to know me and like me for just who I am. That's great. I would hope she did since you guys are married, but see, if I had that much money, I don't think I could ever convince myself of that though. But if, if I had walked up to her before you did, you know, just, just, just me, just regular me, she wouldn't have talked to me. Right. Right. You know, and so just keep that in mind. Like she talked to you because of who you are. She didn't talk to me, but technically, in the situation, you don't know either one of us. Mm-hmm. You haven't gotten to know either one of us. So, but for some reason, he is more acceptable to talk to than I am. Right. Even right. though you don't know me and you don't know him. So, yeah, that's like, so looking at that, like, how did, how did you then look and say, okay, I'm okay with this because ultimately though, we did talk, we did meet, we did fall in love. So it's okay that, like I mean that it happened through these through these means here and in in any other uh, situation it wouldn't have happened right right and then of course that all goes back to the money thing like but like like what is that what is that like I just I can't imagine just looking at like looking at your account and being like yep there I mean <laughs> nice house I think I'll take it right let's <laughs> like look at all those zeros you know and that's like I that's that's wow that that's all is wow yeah um. Yeah, we, we've talked about that frequently, that, like, it just hits the point where it's an amount of money I can't even wrap my mind around. Right. Where it's like, I just, I cannot fathom that amount of money in one place. Have you ever had that, that situation where, you, like, you come into some money, like, uh, for, for whatever reason, like, you know, someone gives you, like, $100 birthday money or something, or maybe you get, like, a stimulus check or, or whatever. You, you, get, you get money, and you're like, okay, now... Because this is kind of like, in a sense, free money. Like, yeah, like I just ended up getting some extra money and uh, it's great. And you can buy all this stuff. But then you're like, yeah, but I don't want to. Like, like, I, like there's all the stuff I want to buy. But now I got the money. I'm like, I really don't. I don't I don't, I don't want to spend it because, right, you know, because right. when I do, then like, I don't have money to buy stuff. <laughs> if I spend it, then I, I won't have it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So then, so then you you don't end up buying the stuff, but you're like you, but you still want it. <laughs> I wonder if it's when you've got that much money, if that kind of same mentality kind of is like maybe happens. Like, yeah, I know I, I could buy that, but you know, but then, yeah, I don't know. See that that all be like worth asking about. See, all of your questions are stuff that like the entire world would benefit from knowing the answers to and and like all my shit's just like stuff that only benefits me based off of my interests. So Okay, so I'm a selfish interviewer. So you know me and I've like I I have like a a shit ton of like useless information in my head. <laughs> and when I say things, people are like I'm, I'm like, yeah, this is just useless shit that I know. Like, it's not useless. It's like I find it fascinating. Like um but I mean 
it's just not it's not like it's ever gonna save me save my life in any in any fashion but <laughs> but people do some find it interesting when you take talk about this stuff so mm-hmm. when you're saying like you know only you and stuff is like no i think that people would find that more interesting than like these serious conversations that i would have with characters. people like i don't care about that like i i i guess most of my stuff is kind of centered around like creativity and, and entertainment for the most part right and uh it's 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 getting t- it's getting tough to actually make final decisions because of course i've considered like you know people like uh are you dying what? Are you dying? Am I dying? <laughs> you some final decisions? Yeah, with with my list of interviewees. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, because uh, I thought about Teddy Roosevelt, but uh, I, I don't know what kind of an interview I could really get out of him. Hmm. I think I think that one would be so self serving. Yeah, you know, um, and it would just be like like it would be he would just be such a. In the, as far as the interview goes and his responses, it would just be like him being a badass. Yeah, like everything everything I do is I'm a badass. Yeah, which I mean that uh, yeah that would just be total fan service for me. <laughs> it's like tell me about the time you wrestled a grizzly bear, Teddy. <laughs> but uh, with your bare hands, that's B A R E hands. <laughs> Clever. Looks into camera, winks broadly. Um, but no, I'll, I'll go with one that. Uh, it, it would primarily just be self serving for me. Primarily just. Uh, would just benefit me but as a creative person and you know we we tell stories we we make worlds um you you and i do uh and you know we've we've talked about the possibility of like trying to like develop a franchise with our stuff we want our stuff to be recognized we want we want to actually develop a fan base with with our worlds and our stories so i would like to have an interview with yuji naka the creator of sonic the hedgehog Hmm. And I bring that up specifically because Sonic the Hedgehog has a really, really shitty fan community. Hmm. So I want to talk to him about how do you, as the creator of this franchise that at one time rivaled the popularity of Mickey Mouse, how do you deal with and handle knowing that your fans are largely very toxic? Right. Like, you know, uh, we I've talked before about, like, you've got the Venn diagram of Sonic fans where it's like you've got sex perverts, furries, and Christians. And, like, they, oh all, and they all overlap into <laughs> Sonic fans. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, it's, it's, like, it's like the opposite of Captain Planet. Right? <laughs> sex furries! And, like, furries, sex perverts, Christians! With your powers combined, I am Sonic the Hedgehog! Yeah, the, the Christians are the heart of the Captain Planet there. Where it's like... Bondish, feet fetish, four, inflation, furries, Christianity. With your powers combined, I am Quentin Tarantino. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it was the feet thing. That's what it is. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So like, that's that's what I want to talk to him about. It's like, is it even something that you think about? Because, I mean, he's really kind of not involved with the Sonic franchise anymore. He's just the creator of it. But it's like... You know, pretty much any time you get on the internet and get on Twitter, you, sir, have to look at this and go, I'm responsible yeah. for this. You know, any time that, like, you come across a fan fiction like Babysitting Cream or some shit, and it's like, I am indirectly responsible for this. This is an atrocity that ultimately leads back to me. So, you know, at, at what point does it become like, I created this for a specific reason. 
whether it's like to be successful, whether it's to like make the world a better place, whatever. It's like I created this for a specific reason, and ninety percent of what's out there isn't reflecting on that. So right. that, that's what I want to talk to him about. Is you know that may never happen. If my if my books ever become successful, I may not get a toxic fan base. But if I do, I would love to know how somebody like that who has probably one of the worst fan bases ever handles it. Um. Yeah, because because that fan base, in a sense, kind of um, tears down your creation. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, so much of it is here's here's what I wish were different about it. <laughs> I wish these characters were banging, or I wish these characters had this set of religious beliefs, or or whatever. It's like you're not you're not really a fan of what it truly is. You're a fan of what you want it to be. So, yeah, it does kind of ultimately work against it and tear against it. It reminds me of uh, uh, Pepe. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. pretty much what happened with Pepe. Yeah, so it's like the, the people that were kind of behind it in a sense, but they weren't really, but the, the ones that were, that were like, yeah, we, you know, we really like this thing. It's like, you, you are not the people that I want. <laughs> it, not to jump ahead with one of our other podcast things, but it's like it's it's like you know no 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 I I think I think that this mustache is going to be very popular <laughs> and, and, and you're like no no you're you're not the person I want to to, to be the face of this of this new mustache look <laughs> so so yeah so because it's like there's nothing wrong with the character. Mm-hmm. It's just what these other people are doing with it. Oh, yeah. And it's like, but what they're doing with it and who they are, that makes you want to just destroy the character. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I I say a lot of negative shit about Sonic because of the fan base, but it's like, strictly from an artistic perspective, Sonic's character designs are some of the best I've ever seen, period. Like, I mean, I've, I've I've been studying art stuff for... 25 years now <laughs> like and you still call it art stuff <laughs> i study that art shit <laughs> um but yeah like i mean like the sonic character design is just like from an artistic standpoint it's incredible but just man the fandom has made it so shitty <laughs> yeah Ken Penders, man you piece of shit <laughs> um no, I like that. That's a really good question. So, is it my turn now? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I don't, I don't know which one to. Okay, I, I know which one I'll save for last. Okay. Um, so, um, so my next interviewee, um, Tom Cruise. Okay. Now, when I say Tom Cruise. If, if I was going to interview Tom Cruise, I know that he would immediately say that certain things are off the record, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I understand it because people are, are constantly coming after him and, you know, wanting him to talk about this and talk about that, right? Right, right. So what I would do is I would approach the interview in a certain way to say that um, this is what I want to know. Like, on top of other stuff about him, this is what I want to know, which is that, um, one, I want to have an honest conversation. No agenda. Even even if we say that that the I have to sign a a you know a, a non disclosure agreement that mm-hmm. says that 
um, that I will not discuss the, uh, you know, the details of this interview. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know I still want to know. One, I want to have an honest conversation about Scientology and his belief because I want him to tell me like what it is about it that that um, made him a believer, what pulled right, him right. in, and what kept him there, what keeps him there, and what what makes him like promote it when he does. Yeah, yeah. And like, I just want to understand like what it means to him. So I'm not I'm not trying to get him to convince me. I'm, I'm not trying to convince him or anything else. I just want to know like really like when you talk about it, right? What is it that that really drives it home for you? But like. This is a thing that I care that means so much to me mm-hmm. that I love so much that you know that uh, that I want to know that and I want to have a conversation about that. Right, you, right. Even if that means that that the conversation only exists between he and I and never goes anywhere else, mm-hmm. I want to know. And again, yeah. this is there's no agenda to it as far as like I want to I want to make sure I want to show you exactly how you're wrong about this and that or like you know the church has done all kinds of horrible things. Nope, no, 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 no. That's not what this is about at all. Right, right. Because I think that for me, understanding like what that is, it's like when you, when you talk to somebody, you're like, I don't, like, I don't understand what, like, why you're a part of this or what you do, like, why you do this or why you, you've joined that thing. Mm-hmm. And whether you like that thing or not, it's always like, if you can at least understand why they like it, you can accept that, not accept the entity or the actions or whatever it is itself, but you can accept why it means something to them. Right, right. And and then and then that's okay. Well fine. You know, it was like I accept it. I you know I see why it means something to you and I accept that. And then it's like, okay, now I understand and I can move forward. Right, right. So that's what I'd want. I'd want to have that honest conversation and uh and see how he like why what the deal is with that for him and then move forward. Yeah, I like it. I, I figured I figured the conversation was gonna go to Scientology. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it almost has to. Well, I mean, you know, based upon like Scientology or what I know of it, like everything about his life though is 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 dictated, you know, by that, or like it's in some way influenced by that. Yeah. So you can't have you can't have a conversation and not talk about that because that is like the like the guideline or the principle of his life. So yeah, I yes, mean, it's my- going to be there. I mean, my immediate question would just to be to pull a Tommy Wiseau and be like, so tell me about your sex life. <laughs> so I'm doing an audit here. So tell me about some of the things that you did that you regret that hold you back. <laughs> you did what when you were 15? <laughs> you tell the funniest stories. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> All right, your turn, sir. Well, you already, you already know. It's gonna be, it's gonna be Nicholas Cage. <laughs> well, what is it you want to talk to him about? Um, you know, I, I really, I just want to pick his brain as an actor from somebody who actually appreciates and thinks that he's a really good actor. I mean, I feel like most of the interviews out there are like, "Oh, this is the crazy guy who takes any role." So, I, I think there's part of that, but some. Um, uh, part of what I want to talk to him about is, um, you know, what, what's what's a good approach for, you know, you've you've got a pretty robust and and healthy career, and like, I mean, he's still doing movies now. Like yep. we've seen like three or four trailers in recent months of his, and uh, 
It's like, how, how do you have such a healthy, robust career? But clearly, you don't take yourself too seriously. And that mm-hmm. sounds negative in, in the way that I'm saying it. But I mean it in a pretty complimentary way. That it's like, you realize at the end of the day that making movies is entertainment and it's really just a silly thing it's like you were talking about earlier today where it's like being an actor you're just getting in front of the camera and you're playing pretend and so really ultimately it's kind of a silly craft and right i think nick cage is somebody who just he knows not to take himself seriously so how do you find that healthy balance between not taking yourself too seriously but still but still having a pretty respectable career out of it Hmm. i'd like to experience that balance out of him you know what I what I want to ask him, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there are other questions I want to ask him too. But I think the one that that would be in most satisfying a question that would you know because when I think when when you ask a question, mm-hmm. um, it should be one that they that they are not normally asked or one that they've never been asked before. That's what makes that a a unique and engaging experience for them. You know, right, right. And so like when they're on like those those press junkets for movies. You know they're they're uh, they're asked the same questions over and over again because like this is being broadcast for this TV station, this is being right. broadcast for this one. So say so everyone has to get their get their particular question answered by them, and you can tell like sometimes they they're like I've already said the same answer like twenty times already, and I still have to say it for like another thirty. Mm-hmm. Like I cannot continue to give you the enthusiasm that you want from this, um, and even if it's not one of those kind of press junket like things where. Uh, you know, each, everybody has like three minutes to ask these questions. It's sometimes it's just, it's a, like, even every time I get, I get interviewed, um, like, they want to ask me about this, want to ask me about that. Right, right. Um, so I would, so asking a question that they've, that they've never been asked before, or, or maybe one they've always been, one, you know, it's just something, something new that right, makes it more right. memorable, more, you know, enjoyable for them. Yeah, yeah. So I, for me, when it comes to Nicolas Cage, I would ask him, um, so what was what was more rewarding to you? Winning the Academy Award or owning Action Comics number one? Mm. Like 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 when you when you won the Academy Award, like they called your name, like holy shit, I won the Academy Award, or when like you you know, you're like, Hey, is that Action Comics number one? Right. How much is it? Like it was like, um, yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, so which one was the most rewarding um, to you? Wow, yeah, that would be a good question. And, uh, you know, we we haven't really discussed a lot of these people's, like, bodies of work, but I do feel like, because it's been such a chase for us, I'd have to ask him about Bottomless Mirror. Oh, yeah, I mean, well, I think that that goes without saying that if we ever had a chance to meet Nicolas Cage, I mean, that, that is, that's our white whale. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, so... Which means as soon as we finally catch up with it, it's going to kill us instantly. Well, I mean, that's... Whenever you have a... a, Whenever there's a piece uh, of knowledge that eludes you, Mm -hmm. and it's not one that you can find within a reasonable amount of time. So, you know, if, if I don't know... I, like I don't know, freaking Pythagorean's theorem, <laughs> and 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 I'm looking it up, and I and I finally look online, and I find it, or I go, you know, somebody, and they're like, oh, it's this right here, and I find it, and I get the answer. Okay, that that that's, you know, that that that's that's good, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, but if it's if you get it, like not right necessarily right away, 
but fairly soon. Right, right. But when it takes a while for you for and you keep asking that question or variations of that question because you're not getting answer when when you finally do or you as time goes by, you basically have to kind of like talk to yourself and say, you know, when we find this answer, it may kill us. Right. Like right. like the, it's taking so long to find the answer that when we find the answer, right, it's there's a good chance that that it'll be the last the last thing the last answer we ever have. Right. You know, that yeah. this is going to kill us. And, and that's when you basically say like if I can teach, not necessarily that it's like a like an evil thing or that you know it's like we've hid this away for a reason and now now <laughs> that you know we so it's just one of those things where like it's been so long that the answer itself like that satisfaction like you've been wanting it for so long now that you have it's like okay well like like my purpose in life has been like it's been fulfilled like right, I now right. have the answer to this question that's been lingering out there for so long and it's because it's been lingering out there for so long mm-hmm. that it's basically deadly to you. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but in a case like this, like this, this is the one chance we really would have to be able to say, okay, if we're going to get an answer, it's going to be now, it's going to be here. And, uh, and yet you have to go for it. You have to take it. Yeah. Cause, because at that point, it's like, okay, I'm either going to ask this question or I'm never going to bring it up again. Right, right. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, the whole rest of the interview would be me fanboying like crazy. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you know, and also when 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 it takes that long for um, to to get an answer for that question, mm-hmm. um, you also have to realize that you may not get an answer. Yeah, yeah. God, that would be heartbreaking. And I'd this is and this is the only the only real chance you have of like getting one. And if they don't provide you with that, you are just like, okay, well, this it, this is done. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah, I would, I would probably just burst into tears if that happened. All right, so my last one, yeah, my last one um, is 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 more of the fun one. Okay. Um, Quentin Tarantino. Okay. So I would want to know why in, feet? In my, huh? <laughs> why feet? <laughs> for for Quentin Tarantino, mine would be wasn't it'd be kind of a a, a different kind of interview. It would be um what 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 does a day in the in the life of Quentin Tarantino look like? And basically, it would just be like being with him or following him around for one day, and and just seeing what a day in the life of Quentin Tarantino you know what it is like <laughs> what th- what that's like. I think that would be fascinating because I don't think there's anything in particular that you ask him to where you would really be satisfied with the answer. I could give you an answer, but like, you know, so like you, you do this movies and you're like, okay, okay, man. So, so like, like I grew up, man, watching like these movies and I worked at a video store. It's like, like they, they were everywhere. And you know, you're like, you know, you, you watch a movie and sure you want to watch it again. It's like you enjoy, it, but then you got all these other movies here. Right. And, and, and you, and you, you watch them. Cause like, why am I going to watch this one again for like the, like the fifth time when I can watch something new? And then I'm looking at like, Oh, it's like, this is like, let's say what, like, like Bo Hopkins is in this way. I'm like, I, you know, it's like, like, what is like, like is Sid Haig is in this movie like why haven't I not watched this before like what's stopping me from watching could be a good movie could be a bad movie but I, I watched some bad movies before that I thought was going to be good watched some good movies before 
before it was gonna thought we we're gonna be good. So so here we got these people in here that have this body of work that I'm not that I'm, I'm not pursuing. Like it's, it's right there. I have the opportunity to watch it. I have the opportunity to see it. And what's holding it back is that it could be a bad movie. Even though I've watched bad movies, sometimes I still go back and watch a bad movie. So 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 then you, you watch it and you see this and you see his performance. You see his actors. You see these things and it's like and it's it's there, man. It's there and it's it's alive. It's a part of you and now it's a part of you because because you made it a part of you. As where before you would continue like, no, oh, I, I don't I don't want to. I don't, I don't want this to be a part of me. And, and and now now it's there and it's there. It's a part of you and it's almost it's almost like a piece of your soul has been that that you didn't know was missing. That that, that now you you've been given it. It's been extended. Like it's filled this void that you didn't know was there. And you're like, oh man, that now and so then later you're like like okay, well. I did this, you know, you know, I watched these movies, I got to know these people, and it's like, now I need to do the same, and you know, it's like, I, it's just like, I got my soul, I, I, I got my, my test, like, this is, this is, this is my, my reason, my raison d'etre, right, is to go out there and, and make these kind of movies myself, like, is what I wanted to do, because when I was watching these movies, when I said this is what I'm going to do, it was, it was basically me saying that, that this is what I'm going to be. Right, and for me to be that, I need to know what that means, man. And so, so this is me, like at a young age, just like learning what that's gonna be, and like, and and then me becoming that, even though I didn't know that's what I was gonna become, right? And then and you learn that, and you become that, and you go out there and you do that, and you're like, like this, these are the kind of movies that I'm gonna make, man. And then you go and you and you and you, and you, 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 you just you just do it. <laughs> Did you rehearse that? No, I just made that shit up like right Holy on the spot. <laughs> Christ Almighty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're pretty good. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he never made it into Watchmen. <laughs> so it's like, so uh, it's like, you think I would have told you this if there was like a chance you could have stopped me? No, like just like like it was like like an hour ago. It was, it was a half hour ago before I started telling you the story. <laughs> I found out about Alexander the Great when I was working at the video store. <laughs> I watched a movie about him first. And then, like, Bite stops, and he's just staring at <laughs> staring at Dr. Mayhem's big blue feet. He's like, <laughs> whoa, mama. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... He just trails off and looks at the feet. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> But I would, uh, I would just, just just watching him, just like like a whole day where you just kind of followed with him and just like went through the motions of like what a date with him looks like. And I'm like, hmm. so interesting. It's like, well, first of all, I wake up at five a.m. and snort a big bag of crack. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Mister Breakfast. Good morning, Pee Wee. Can we have some Mister T cereal? I pity fool who don't eat my cereal. Eat my cereal. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the funniest thing about that is he takes that giant fork, he scoops up, he gets like three pieces of cereal on there, yep. and then he puts it in like, and then he goes, then he, he swallows hard. <sighs> and he wipes his mouth and leaves. Like the the whole pancake breakfast is gone. It's, I mean, I mean yeah. it's so so sitting there. It's, like it's, it's so sad to see. <laughs> I hate watching food go to waste. Uh, so all right so yeah so that's i i think that'd be interesting unfortunately that's not i don't have these big existential questions for for him as i did for others but i think that you would this you would learn a lot just watching him just in 
just in his daily activity, even when he's like, like not making a movie, right, he's right. he's working, he's planning something, and you know, like, and you can kind of see how his mind works or see kind of what he goes through. I, I feel like with a guy like Tarantino, though, they're just hit points where you're left with more questions than answers. You know, I, I think that that if you're going to do an interview or you're going to have a conversation with somebody, I, I think that you should walk away with more with. And not more questions, but you should walk away with additional questions. Be like, and, that, and that's how you know that you've done something right because it sparks something new in you to be like, oh wait, well, what about this? Where if, you, if I just if I leave, I say, okay, I got these questions, and I get my answers. Like, okay, so yeah, I I'm I'm done with you. Like, thank you. As like, I I never have a need to to ever contact you again. Yeah. Well, I think it, I th- I just feel like it's going to be one of those things where it's like you know you're following him, everything's going well. He sits down for for some lunch, and he's like eating his avocado toast. And then he like looks at his watch and goes, "For God's sake!" And he like runs to the fridge and gets out a big bucket of like strawberry pudding and just jams his left foot in it, and then just like calmly sits back down at the table and keeps eating the sandwich. And you're like, "What was that all about?" And he's like, "I can't tell you." Just keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> So that, and you'll never be able to approach a creative project without thinking. It's eleven thirty-two. <laughs> Maybe I should stick my left foot in a bucket of strawberry jello here. So if I if I ever got to you know that kind of status, I and I was being interviewed, I set an alarm on my phone, and during an interview, um, like the 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 alarm would go off, beep, 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 you know, or whatever it is, and I'm like. Like, like, oh, oh, shit. And then I stop and I reach in my pocket and I take one thing from one pocket and I put in the other one. And then, and then I just be like, like, okay. And then, and then sit back down and then just that be the end. <laughs> and you're like, oh, what was that? And I sometimes I had to take care of it. It's, it's, you know, it's 1130. So I'm like, what's this? What is that? And it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> It just just bizarre and be like, yeah. uh, I had no idea why why he did that. But I was so talking to Camelot a couple weeks back, and uh, we we had recently watched the Cloverfield Paradox. How was that? I, I liked it. I liked it because that was the that was the the space station thing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That that was supposed to be its own movie, but then like at this at the end of the Super Bowl, they were like, you're like, oh hey. Um, this movie is now available on Netflix. Uh, go watch it right now. People were like, Pretty "What?" Much, yeah. And people went and watched it. Were like, what? The, what? What? What is this? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it got a lot of shit, but I liked it. But I'm I'm also not like the best like decision maker of that. But you know, one one thing is you know you're dealing with like alternate timelines and alternate universes and all that. So the lead character winds like I, this is probably a little too spoiled. Was that, was that Sebastian Stan? Because wasn't he in it? Um, I think he was in it. Lucky. Um, Bucky, maybe? Hmm. Go ahead. You, you know me and my celebrity facial blindness. The only person I really remember being in there was Roy from an IT crowd. Really? Yeah. And oh. he was he was pretty funny, but he made me realize why the Irish were persecuted throughout history. <laughs> <laughs> Which is because, like, you know, what's happening to them is tragic, but then as you're listening to them, like, begging for help... You're just laughing because of their accent. Because they're like, oh, faith and Pagari got to help me. My arm got cut off and my family starved to death. And you're just like, listen to this guy. Hey, Phil. Listen to this guy begging for his family's life. He sounds funny. Got to do something now. And he's like, what? 
<laughs> I'm, I'm going to help you right now. <laughs> no, no, you got to help me. Oh, Lord Jesus, blessed Savior, you got to help me. My forearm's flooded. It's like, <laughs> it's not funny. I like you, guy. See, see, see my farm's flooded again. It's flooded. <laughs> my farm's fluted. <laughs> you said fluted. Um, but yeah, no, like, it's probably a little too spoiler heavy, but, uh, Without, without giving away too much of the movie, with this being like interdimensional travel stuff, this person winds up leaving a message to themselves in an alternate timeline. Hmm. And I was thinking about how, you know, I, I get the the need to do that. We've talked about that with like some of our time travel theory videos and things like that. Right. Or podcasts. And I was thinking, you know, I don't know if I could really resist the temptation to not fuck with myself in an alternate timeline. Where it's like, you know, you're given all this important stuff and it's like, oh, you've got to cherish your family. you got to do this. you got to do that. But then I wouldn't be able to, like, withhold the the temptation to just go like, and for God's sake, stop Gwyneth Paltrow. It's imperative. Stop Gwyneth before she she follows through with her plans. And they just end the recording. <laughs> Knowing <laughs> that other me would spend the whole rest of his life going, what the fuck? Gwyneth Paltrow? Why? <laughs> well, I think it would be funniest to meet your... If you're going to pull a prank, because like, meet your past self and be like, you know, they, they they said that, you know, if if I ever had the chance to, like, don't go, don't ever tell anything, don't ever tell your 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 past self anything about your future. And it's like, but I just couldn't help it. I, I just, I had to tell you this thing. And it's like, what is it? Was it the day that is like the day that you and I meet the past self and the, and the future self that is the day that I die. And then you just fall on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> it's like, in exactly 13 seconds, I'm going to choke on the Snickers bar and die. <laughs> uh, and then, and that's it. You, you fall on the ground. And then, like, when yourself gets up, here's the thing, like, like when yourself gets up and, and like, if you walk away and you're like, ah, oh, that's going to be funny. But then, like, you realize that for, like, all of your, all of your life, like, you're like, okay, if I ever have the chance to, 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 to meet my, my, my past self, it's like, I cannot, I can't, I can't meet my past self. Cause if I do, then I, I'm going to die, right? I'm going to die. <laughs> and then somehow along the way, like, you get to the point where it's like, okay, so, um, I can go back in time. I can go back in time and I can, I can, I can, I'll go back and I'll stop my past self from I mean, my future self from encountering my past self. And then like, and you say, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> I'm going to pull a prank in myself. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. So, uh, I guess, I guess my last, uh, interview guy, huh? Yep. So, my my next answer is also once again it's a predictable one, but it's not for the reason that people would typically think for me. Okay. Uh Bob Ross. Okay. But not because I want to talk to him about art. What I want to talk to him about is the fact that Perms? <laughs> yes, Turk, you know me and my and my insatiable love for perms. <laughs> uh, I'm not bald, okay? I cut I shave my head. There's a difference. Head, there's a difference. <laughs> oh um, that's what I'd like. That's what I'd like to see. I would like to see Hori Hanzo performed by Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> oh, so you like swords? <laughs> I like baseball. <laughs> you say arigato like I say arigato. <laughs> 
For anybody wondering, I finally got to show Turk uh, Tommy Wiseau playing uh, the Joker in Dark Knight. <laughs> and it's the best thing ever because he can't deliver a line to save his fucking life. No, he cannot. <laughs> I know he cannot. <laughs> <laughs> One of them is going to die. You have to choose, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, what, what I want to talk to Bob Ross about is the fact that you know, this this is a guy who's a veteran. He's, he's, he's seen war. He's seen some shit. But this is a guy who, every single day that went by, he could find peace and beauty in the world. And I'm a pretty jaded person. <laughs> I'm a pretty bad person. Yeah. I would love to know, like, how does he see that beauty in the world like how, how do you like like what what is your thought process what what did you do in order to condition your mind to actually see the beauty in the world that's there um if i can hazard a guess so was he in nam i'm not 100 percent sure you know it's um have you ever seen some of those pictures of like a of like parts of uh of uh, uh the Middle East, and they show you like like so here's this here's this town of whatever it is that was that was bombed and destroyed or whatever, and you know and then they go like you know just five years ago it was this bubbling that uh, this bustling center uh, or like uh, city that had like an amazing like community market. And they show it, and they show some of these buildings that have this beautiful architecture, and like in the it's. You know, and they've got this, you know, the, the city itself, you know, is, looks like a city of people moving around. They show you the buildings and they've got, you know, like where they've gone in and like the, the tile work and stuff like that is just all beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then you go there and, and, and you destroy it. You know, even though that's not really your plan, you destroy it. Mm-hmm. And then at one point during all the destruction, you stop and you look and you're like, like, Wow, look at that sunset. Or like, here, like, look at this area here that seems like it's been untouched or something. And, and then you like, like, you make that a part of yourself where you're like, you're like, I've, I've, I'm bringing destruction to this place here, but that doesn't mean the beauty is gone. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like, it's still there. And you think back to that sun, like, rising over, like, you know, like a, the cityscape or like this dune or something. And and you're you that you're reintroduced to the beauty that's around you. Yeah. And then you come home and then you're like, Yeah, there's so much around me, but there's beauty there if I wanna see it. Right, right. You know, and that's the thing, it's just like you finding a way to open your eyes every day to seeing that beauty. Yeah. I, I guess but that's just a guess. I mean, I don't right, know. Shit. Right. I guess for me it's like I can see the beauty in nature, like, you know, I live in the mountains, you know, I see a nice sunrise or, or like a cluster of trees or something, and I can think that, that is beautiful. But it's just, it's, it's like, listening to him paint and listening to him just talk, and he'll just be talking about, like, his, like, just his daily life and the things that he'll do throughout the day, and it's the fact that he finds beauty in, like, the mundanity of daily life, that it's like, that's shit that I want. Because, you know... I'm caught up in, in dealing with, like, all the shit of working in IT, where it's like, I, I don't know if I could ever just, like, be like, oh, yeah, you know, um, I, I did A, B, and C, 
And that was wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, it's pretty easy to look at a river and go, wow, that is absolutely beautiful because nature is beautiful. But it's an entirely other thing to be like, oh, you know, I, I was doing this and that. And, you know, I just, I, it was just such a nice day. I felt like I had to go fishing and just, just being able to just sit there. That, that was the nicest part of that. And it's like, no, I, if I, if I go fishing and I don't catch anything, I get pissed off. Because, because right. <laughs> no, damn it, I want to catch a fish if I'm going to go fishing. That was a whole point of me coming out here. <laughs> That's why they call it fishing and not sitting. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like, and I, I feel like you're probably right. I feel like when you're just surrounded by that much death, then you're just going to cling to life with everything that's in you. But, uh, in a way, that's, that's kind of depressing that it's like, is that what it takes to get yourself to that point? Um, well, I mean, it's only after we lost everything, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, I don't think, I don't. I think in some in some cases, depending on what's going on in your life, that it's hard for you from where you are. It's hard from you to be able to, to look and see. Okay, hey, let me remember just how great these things were. Let me let me remember just you know the beauty of it. And then the only way you can do that is to break yourself down mm-hmm. to where um, to where you don't you have nothing. Yeah, and then and then it's easier for you to notice the beauty. Because at that point you're like you it's like it would be you see everything else, so like mm-hmm. or like or maybe you don't see anything else anymore, so then it's you can't see that that makes sense, yeah I mean I'm no psychiatrist, man, I'm no psychologist, <laughs> I just you know you know you know most of the time I'm just you know making shit up, man, <laughs> and it's uh it's like like at work when i'm when I'm Talking stuff and, and talking to somebody about like a process or whatever. Right. No, and so like, cause this, this is what makes the most sense. And they're like, yeah, but that doesn't mean that's how it's done. I mean, like, yeah, but, but no, this, this is what makes it like logically you put this and this and this together. Like, yeah, but that's not how it's done. Mm-hmm. Like, why would it be any, any other way? Like, because it is. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like, but no. <laughs> so. Yep. Yep. So yeah, so that is uh, that's our our uh, dream interviews. I like your Bob Ross one, man. I mean, it's just to. I mean, here's the guy like you say. He just went out there and he starts doing these things, and he's just you know we're gonna paint these happy little trees, and we're gonna do this, and just just relax and just paint. There's no such thing as a mistake. You just keep on moving, and and you're like, hey, um. Like, wow, it's only you say it's like wow. It's like you. It's so refreshing to have somebody that's just like, you know, um, I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let right now while I'm doing this thing, I'm not going to let anything bother me. And that might be mm-hmm. what it is. It's like, when you know, like painting is his, is his, his way of being able to be expressive, be creative to, you know, to settle his, his mood to refocus himself. And mm-hmm. he's like, when I'm doing this, I'm not going to let anything get in my, nothing's going to bother me. So right, right. I'm going to, I'm going to do this and it's going to be my, um, it's going to be my, whatever it is. And, yeah, but, yeah. but while I'm doing it, like nothing bothers me, you know, it's like nothing gets in my way. I do it and that's it, you know. Oh, uh, like art can definitely be a good way to decompress. It can also be really stressful if you let it, but 
like, at its core, it's a very good way to just decompress and de-stress. And I'm pretty sure that you and I have talked about that, where, like, art is really kind of my meditation and zen, where it's like, like, if I'm, if I'm hyper-focused on it, then, you know, most meditation, if you, if you, like, study meditation, most meditation is just mindfulness. It's becoming hyper-aware of your breathing or, or what you're feeling under your feet, or the world around you, it's, it's becoming mindful of something like that. Right. So, for me, art is kind of my mindfulness, so I, I kind of I get that, too. I get that aspect of it. So, yeah, I think, I think that was... But, but it doesn't really matter what I think. It would be talking to him, learning it from him. Right, right. That'd be the thing. So, yeah, I think those were pretty good, man. You know? Yeah, yeah. You just kind of, like... Look at things and be like, "Hey, this is um, this is something." Yeah, definitely. And like, I in getting to know these people a little bit more and, and like one fashion or another, I think it would be very rewarding too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, for all those that didn't know, my name is uh, Turk One Eighty Two, and I'm a Comey. So we are oh. using our real names. <laughs> No, um, no, we, um, you know, that's me, a a Comey Jefferson. (laughs) Oh, geez, you're getting out bad last names too. (laughs) No, no, but like, uh, you know, this is who we are, and uh, and it's we live on 1926 Buttfuck Lane (laughs) in Wisconsin. Really? In filibuster, Wisconsin. Um, I live uh 1060 West Addison, Chicago, Illinois. Hmm. That's why it takes us so long to, to get recordings done because we live so far apart. Yep. But no, I was gonna say, you know, the, these are these are the questions that if I ever had a chance to meet somebody, this is this is stuff that I think would be the most interesting to learn and yeah. the things maybe I'm most curious about. And uh, and I, I hope you guys found these kind of interesting as well. And uh, you know, like we we're always interested in hearing from the uh, our listeners. So if you know, we be interested in hearing, like, uh, you shoot us a tweet or something like that, but like, uh, like, hey, if I had a chance to meet somebody or whatever, this is who I'd want to meet. Mm-hmm. This is like the primary question I want to ask them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say, so I was wanting to know why Jim Neighbors at my grandfather's funeral, but. <laughs> which, which Kevin Smith movie is that from? I am not sure. It might have been one of the ones I haven't seen yet. Uh, I still haven't seen Dogma. You haven't seen Dogma? Nope. I haven't seen Dogma. I haven't seen Tusk. Yeah, I haven't seen Tusk. Either. It's one. It's one of the. It's one of the. Um, the uh, Jersey ones. Um, ah, but uh, shit. Then I should know it. Yeah, I can't think which one it is. It was like you know, I always wanted to know why Jim Nair was at my grandfather's funeral. But uh, anyway, so yep. Um, like I said, if you guys uh, have something similar, I'd really be interested in kind of hearing like who. Who do you want to interview and what would be the main question you want to ask? Yeah, and, and if you want us to read about that on the podcast, then you know, get, get like a, a, a dove bar of soap and a toothpick and just like carve the question into the bar of soap and then like run it under some hot water, get it get it nice and soaked up and, and slick and then shove it up your ass. You know, you get like a real anal fixation. <laughs> And I think it's it's not it's not, it's not it's not just it's not just it's like like hey dad. if you have a question just go ahead and show it up your ass it's, it's always something elaborate like you know 
So if, if you if you if you have a question, what I want you to do is I want you to take that question. I want you to write it down in a piece of paper, right? Then I want you to take that piece of paper and fold it into a into a piece of origami. Then put it in a bottle and then throw it to, like to into the ocean. When it comes back to you, then I want you to take it. I want you to unfold it and then take it to a three D printer. Have them print out your question like one letter at a time. Then I want you to put them in a bowl of like alphabet soup and then put that into a funnel and then like, and then like give yourself a, a question alphabet soup enema. Uh, like, like, dude, like why? Like who's got that kind of time, man? Like, can't you say fuck you like everybody else? It's really good. <laughs> See, I like to show I care by saying fuck you really elaborately. All right. Well, good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. All right there, folks, that was Our Moms Think We're Funny. Let's, uh, let's give them a hand. <laughs>